Welcome to the Sermon Podcast at Bethel. We're a covenant church located in western Wisconsin, and you can find out more information about us at BethelCov.org. My name is Todd Speaker. I'm the pastor here, and I want to thank you for listening. All right. Well, good morning, church. Uh, my name is uh, Will. I am the worship leader here at Bethel Covenant. Uh, as John said, uh, Todd and his family are out today, so he has uh, asked me to fill in uh, this morning. And Al, just so you know, uh, we always have time to hear of God's faithfulness. Amen? Amen. So thank you for sharing that this morning. Um, it's a privilege to be up here today and to share God's Word with you. Uh, I hope that as we read and hear from His Word today that we might be uh, convicted, we might be challenged, strengthened, and ultimately uplifted by it. So we've heard from, from Pastor Todd about the themes of hope and peace throughout this Advent season. Uh, today we're going to be exploring, uh, we're going to be exploring, as, as Krista said, with the, with the kids so well this morning. We're going to be talking about joy today. Um, before we do that, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day that you have given us. Um, God, I would pray that as we dive into your word and hear from it, that, God, if there's anything useful for us, cause it to be remembered. God, if there's anything that I may say that contradicts your word, God, that is harmful to your people, God, please cause it to be forgotten in this place today. I ask for your faithfulness and your grace as we hear from your word this morning. Thank you for loving us so well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. So before we dive in, I want to share, I'm trusting the stand here, uh, I, want to share a con- I want to share a concept with you all. Um, I, can't, I can't remember exactly what context I first heard this phrase, uh, but it really has stuck with me since, since I heard it, and maybe you have too. The phrase is, caught, not taught. Have you guys ever heard that before? The phrase is, caught, not taught. Uh, it basically means that many of the ideas, the, the concepts that form our view of the world, they're not explicitly uh, taught to us, right? But they're kind of caught by the actions and words of those uh, with whom we share our life, right? Now, this can be a good thing. So, for example, um, nobody, you know, explicitly taught me with a book how to be a dad, right? Like, that's not even really possible, to do that, um, but rather I, I caught how to treat our children, how to love and serve them from, from what? From watching my dad, right? Now, obviously, I fall short of that lots of times, but the point is that I caught that positive influence from my dad. I wasn't sat down one day and taught those things, right? On the flip side, it can be a, a negative thing. So, for example, when I was in college for one summer, I worked uh, third shift. I worked overnights, which is interesting. Meet some nice people in overnights, shifts. Uh, but one of the common refrains from the third shift employees were, hey, let first shift deal with it. That's pretty, that's pretty helpful, right? So if there was a problem and we didn't really want to work on it, we'd just say, hey, just let first shift <laughs> deal with it. Now, that wasn't on any official process checklist. 
in the factory, right? That wasn't hanging from hang tags on machines, right? But rather that was kind of a mindset that was sort of embedded in that workspace, right? And someone like me who's on there a few months, I ended up kind of catching that attitude and kind of passing it along as I was there. So what does this even matter today? Caught, not taught. I think joy kind of suffers from a caught, not taught type of situation, right? Because what, what do we think of when the word joy appears, right? Especially this time of year. Is it getting, getting the perfect gifts, right? Is it giving the perfect gifts? Uh, my wife is an awesome gift giver. She loves to do that, to give perfect gifts. Is it seeing family? Is it not seeing family, right? Is it 0% APR financing on a new truck? I don't know, maybe. Maybe it is. It's tough though, right? Because I think what's been caught is that our joy depends on our circumstance, right? That if, you know, this awesome Christmas season, if it isn't perfect, then somehow joy simply doesn't reside with you. It's kind of simply passed you, passed you by. That perhaps if you aren't filled with happiness and glad tidings and wearing tinsel every day, that, you know, maybe you've missed the boat, so to speak. Maybe you don't really have joy. So we're going to be in two passages of Scripture today, one that is maybe more familiar with Advent and one that's not so familiar. So we're going to look at joy in two different contexts, and we're hopefully going to wed them together in the person and the work of Christ. That's our goal today. But before we do that, it's important to kind of define what we're talking about. Now, joy has a lot of potential definitions and meanings to to different people, but uh, I found one this week that I thought was very helpful. And it is supplied to us um, by Pastor, uh, retired now I believe, Pastor John Piper. And I believe it's up on the screen behind me here. Here's what it says. Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of of Christ in the Word and in the world. Sorry for the typo. That is my slide. I apologize for that. As he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. With that in mind, let us proceed with God's Word this morning. James chapter 1 2 through 4, a lot of times we aren't here during the Advent season, but I think it would be prudent to look at it today in light of what we have prayed about this morning. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So I think, um, I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't sure (laughs) if I was going to be in this passage of Scripture this week. um, But I think in light of what we have prayed about in regards to the recent events in Kentucky, 
and hearing various uh, struggles of people this time of year, I thought it would be prudent to be in it today. So I want to thank you for being with me. And I think if we want to be honest with ourselves, I would venture to say that this time of year isn't always full of happiness and cheer, right? My guess is that either yourself or someone you know, maybe someone you're sitting by, absolutely dreads, they dread this time of year, right? They dread that while everyone around them is full of good tidings, or so we would think, they're still facing troubles and trials, right? This time of year could be a reminder of a painful loss, right? It could be the prospect of hearing from that family member, right? I just can't deal with them again. It's too painful. It could be the deafening silence from a friend or a family member, right? Man, I miss them so much. Why can't we just work this out? Why can't we be at peace with one another? It could be the incredible stress, anxiety, the pressure we feel to kind of make the most, right, of the holiday season. And here's the thing. The the kids have programs, right? People need gifts, trees need cutting, lights need hanging, dinners need cooking, family plans need ironing out, and so forth, until we just say, dude, enough! I don't have any joy. I just can't wait for the season to be, what? (laughs) Over. Please. (laughs) And I don't think that I am alone in this feeling by any means. And here's the thing. I, I, I don't want us to feel guilt this morning. That's not what I want us to feel. I just want us to simply um, recognize the struggles in this season, the, recognize our humanity in this season, and in, in doing so, I want us to see Christ in the midst of what can feel like a joyless season of the year. So let's look at our passage, right? Here's our word for the day up there. If you could go back, uh, Patrick, to that passage in James, that'd be great. Consider it pure joy. Hmm. (laughs) So the definition we would see here from James, does that equate to our definition of joy that we looked at earlier? Hmm. We don't necessarily have a good feeling in the soul Do we? (laughs) It certainly doesn't equate to happiness, right? If you've been alive for more than a few hours, that you know trials and troubles, they don't, they don't make you happy, do they? In fact, they make you quite miserable. (laughs) They make you quite miserable. So, there must be something, sorry, Mark, mess your music up. There must be something to this joy, right? Something deeper than mere circumstance that's going on here, right? When we suffer, when we have trials, God works to produce true, real, and meaningful joy in our life, right? Not, not happiness, not always good tidings, right? But joy, 
J-O-Y, joy in our life, right? He works on us, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, he produces in us this type of perseverance, right? A perseverance in the face of trials and troubles that gives us this ability to have a deep-rooted joy in our life. So in this season, though, what is being maybe caught is that happiness is what we want and a hallmark Christmas with the same plot they keep doing over and over again is what we need. We know that by God's Word and His Holy Spirit working in us that our joy doesn't depend on those things, right? Praise the Lord for that. Because our happiness, it's rooted in our circumstance, right? You could have come in this place happy, you could leave this place miserable. <laughs> That's possible. It's rooted in our circumstance. But joy, J-O-Y, is rooted in our Savior. You see, because we have Christ, we have joy. See, because Christ will never leave us nor forsake us, our joy will always reside in and abide with us even when we can look at each other in this season and say, you know what? This is really hard. <laughs> this is really difficult. I'm really, really, really struggling this Christmas season. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to say, God, this is a trial I'm struggling. This is hard. But because of his great love, his great faithfulness to his people, there is joy in the trials, right? Because Christ stands with us in our trials. Christ stands with us when we think of Kentucky and that area. When we think of the devastation that has gone on down there. Christ stands with us in our trial when we remember that painful loss. We rejoice that he is with us always. Amen? All right, let's continue. Isaiah 12, 2 through 6. We've talked about joy in the trials. Let's talk about joy in the triumph. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. And proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, as we've done this morning, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Good news, right? Because should we believe in our whole heart, should we believe what we just read, 
there truly is reason to sing, (laughs) reason to celebrate, reason to rejoice and have joy this Advent season. You see, the passage we just read in Isaiah, it doesn't negate what we read earlier, right? It doesn't dismiss the trials and troubles we may feel. It's not trials or joy. It's joy within the trials, right? And as we read, it's joy within the triumph that we have in God. See, we recognize the trials and troubles that we so often go through, but we, we look at them through the lens of God's love and his salvation for his people, right? And when we remember such beautiful truths like we have just read, uh, I would venture to say we truly do get what? A good feeling in our soul produced by the Holy Spirit because he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. We sing to the Lord for he's done glorious things. I would challenge us as an aside. You think of one good thing the Lord has done for you? (laughs) Even that would cause us to rejoice and to remember the glorious things that he has done. We shout aloud, we sing for joy because our God is a great God whose joy it dwells within us because some 2,000 years ago, right, in a barn, a little town of Bethlehem, our God, King of kings, Lord of lords, came down to us not to be served, but to serve. Wow. Not to take life, but to give his life as a ransom that we might taste and see and rejoice in the salvation that he so freely gives to us. And here's the good news that when we're hurting and trials, they, <laughs> they greet us in the morning like an old friend, right? We wake up and just there they are, right they? We can say, here's the good news, we can say, this hurts and I'm not happy. I'm not full of good cheer. I'm not full of glad tidings. But I have Christ. (laughs) I am his. He is mine. Because of that, I have joy. Right? Joy in the trials. When we remember the glorious things he's done, and and all we want to do is sing and shout, we can say, because of Christ, I am triumphant. I have joy. Joy. In the trial, joy in the triumph, joy in Christ. That good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word as we've seen and in the world as we have so surely seen in our lives and the lives of others. Good news. (laughs) Reason to sing, reason to celebrate this morning. So I found, if you would allow me, I found one of the best ways to catch something 
rather than be taught something, and you'll know this if you've ever been around a small child for any length of time. One of the best ways to catch something rather than to teach it is to sing it, right? We often sing our theology more than we speak it, right? We sing what we believe about God way more than we talk about it, I think. So here's a song. As my phone goes off. I think we all know this one. I didn't put it up there, but I'm going to venture to guess. Maybe you've heard this one. It goes like this. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to st- yeah, <laughs> to stay. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. You see, this Advent season, we have joy because we have Christ born in a manger, right? <laughs> Our joy abides in us and resides in us because the Holy Spirit abides and resides in us. Our joy is not fleeting because our God's faithfulness is not fleeting. Our joy never slumbers because our God never slumbers. Our joy remains as sure as the rising sun because one day, We too will rise as the morning sun, right? And we'll abide with our Savior for eternity. See, we have eternal hope in Christ. We have everlasting peace in Christ. And we have a relentless and persistent joy in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. As we move forward in our Advent season and remember Jesus, the God-man, born in a manger, we say to ourselves, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Indeed, (laughs) let earth receive her one true king. Let earth receive a joy that cannot be stolen a joy that will not relent, and a joy that will forever carry us into eternity till the day we meet our Savior face to face. Amen? I want to invite the worship team up as I pray for us this morning. Heavenly Father, we're so glad to be together today. We are so strengthened, so encouraged by your word today that even though we stand in the midst of trials and tribulations, that there you are with us. We rejoice that in the triumphs as we remember your salvation, your good news, there you are with us, faithful to the end. We rejoice in your goodness. We rejoice that because of your love, we have reason to sing, celebrate, and to have joy in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Thanks for listening. I want to invite you to join us in worship Sundays at 10 a.m., both in person or online at facebook.com slash Bethel Covenant Church. Thanks and have a great day.